When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras, episode 258. Tell me to be a yoga teacher, not a preacher. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, the show where we provide you the wisdom and action steps that will help you heal and transform your life. So if you're new to the show, then I want to provide you a warm, warm welcome. You're going to love this experience. Now, before we begin, I've got a couple of announcements to make. Firstly, over the years, many of you have reached out inquiring how you can support our podcast and movement. So recently, I started a Patreon page for people who'd like to support our show. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash Patreon. That's my7chakras.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N to learn more. Now, for those of you who don't know, Patreon is a platform that allows you to donate a small amount each month to support the expenses that go into creating this podcast, such as podcast production, graphics, and equipment. And this way, I'm able to provide you more exciting, entertaining, and inspiring episodes to transform your life. To learn more, go to my7chakras.com forward slash Patreon and you can get started for as little as $7. Now, another question I get a lot is about our official book reading list based on uh, the books that have been recommended on our show. To download your free copy, your free PDF document, visit my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. It's very simple my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. And I also want to give a quick shout out to Ashley James, my friend who runs the Learn True Health podcast. She's a huge supporter and believer in holistic health and her podcast will connect you with experts, naturopathic doctors and holistic health practitioners who will give you clarity and help you navigate the muddy waters of the health myths out there. So make sure you check out her podcast, which is called Learn True Health, available on multiple podcast platforms. All right. With that being said, let's start today's interview and let's bring on our special guest for today, Swami Sharadananda. Swami, are you ready to inspire? Yes, I'm ready and looking forward to it. Great. So Swami Sharadananda is an internationally renowned yoga and meditation teacher who has inspired thousands of people to practice. She's been teaching for almost 40 years and is the author of several books. She teaches worldwide, uh, uh, leads pilgrimages to India, and is also a trustee of the Ganga Prem Hospice, a charity that seeks to build a cancer hospice in Rishikesh, North India. Her new book, The Cleansing Power of Yoga, explains about yogic cleansing practices known as Kriyas, which are natural ways to eliminate tension, energetic blockages. Unlike other yoga practices, they are not designed to increase strength and flexibility. Instead, they are cleansing rituals which purify your body and mind, allowing your health to improve and increase clarity as well as your overall cheerfulness, right? So really fascinating topic. Um, I'm really excited to, you know, dive deeper. But before that, thank you so much for joining me, Swami. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Great, great. So like a lot of what you do is highly inspirational, what is your favorite inspirational quote these days and how do you apply it in your day-to-day life? Well, actually, it's a very short quote from my teacher, who Swami Vishnu Devananda. And he used to tell me to be a yoga teacher, not a preacher. And he used to tell all the students that. But I particularly took it to heart because I know a lot of people, they do... They read a book or they um, do a short workshop and then they start teaching. 
Whereas I think yoga is really um, something that you should live and teach from your own experience. I think I always look at my body, my mind as like a laboratory where I'm testing all the things I, I've heard and read. And that way I feel like I'm teaching something that's authentic. Oh, absolutely. And and this has, uh, in fact, this thought has come to my mind, especially over the last few weeks, which is especially when it comes to a spiritual experience, you cannot intellectually learn it. You need to have a personal experience so that you can embody whatever there is to be learned. And that happens, as you alluded to, through personal experience, experimentation. And once you embody that, uh, I'm sure you become a better teacher because now you're relating from experience as opposed to relating from theory or what is written in the books. So I think this is a really, um, really powerful quote that you shared with us. And with that, let's begin. So what inspired you to write this book, The Cleansing Power of Yoga? Um, well, I've written several books on different aspects of yoga. Um, I wrote a book on chakra meditation and one on pranayama, the power of breath, and one on mudras, the hand gestures. But I realized that there's one aspect of yoga that there was really no book on at all, and that was Kriya's cleansing exercises. And I feel especially um, in modern life where we have so much pollution, you know, the air is mm. polluted, the water is polluted, a lot of our food isn't really um, so good, not the best quality. It's very important for us to constantly be um, working and cleansing our, our bodies. So um, that's where I got the idea. And then I started um, looking to see what was available. And there was nothing at all available. And I just felt it was a very important book to write. Well, absolutely. I mean, when, when, when I heard of this book, I immediately noted that this type of information is not really available uh, when you think about yoga, right? When you think about yoga, what typically people hear is the postures and flexibility, especially in the West. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to dive deeper into the Kriyas and particularly how we can use these different Kriyas and different techniques to cleanse our body, which is so much needed in today's, uh, in today's age. So, my question is, how did you get into yoga? Well, I was looking for some kind of physical exercise to do, and I saw an ad in the paper, and I thought I'd try it. And I, I just got very interest, got more and more interested, first in the physical aspect and then in the philosophy. And then I met my teacher, Swami Vishnu Devananda, and started working with the Shivananda Yoga Centers. And I worked with them for about 26 years. But then um, I left, and now I call myself a freelance yogi. I just go to different places and teach, and I write books. Got it. Now, my question is, which year was this where you, where you saw the ad? And if you could tell us where in the world were you and what particularly, like what state of life were you in that made you want to get into yoga for, as you mentioned, more physical fitness, as opposed to some of the other um, modalities or techniques that are already available in your life? Right. Well, I'm from New York originally, and I was living in Florida. This is um, 1967. I started practicing yoga. And I wasn't particularly interested in doing yoga. I was just interested in some kind of physical exercise. Right. And then I saw this ad, and I had no idea what yoga was, but mm -hmm. I thought I might as well try this. And as soon as I started it, I found that it, um, it really worked so well. Um, I had a problem. I was very sick as a child. I had polio when I was about four years old. And I was actually paralyzed for about a year. And the doctors told my parents I'd never be able to walk. And my mother used to say the reason I could walk is that I was too young to understand the doctors. So I just kept trying. So I could walk, but then I always had problems. You know, I used to fall. I used to trip all the time. 
Um, so I tried different kinds of physical exercises that would help me. And some of them helped me a bit, but none of them helped me as much as yoga. So that's why I really stuck with it, just because I found it was so helpful. And now when I tell people I had polio and I was paralyzed, like very few people believe me. Right. Because there's no there's no sign of it anymore. Yes, absolutely. And I guess many mm -hmm. people are not able to relate as well, right? I mean, uh, uh, polio is not a, something to be taken you know, just like that. It's 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 a pretty serious uh, and often physically debilitating uh, uh, challenge, right? But you went through it, and and people aren't able to see any mm -hmm. signs, which is, I think, a major transformation. Right, right. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest challenges I faced in my life, and because I could face it, I think it helped me to face other challenges. Because once you overcome something. Then when another challenge comes, you think, well, I overcame the first thing. Yeah. Probably <laughs> if I keep at it, I can do this as well. well. Absolutely. I mean, I've read that this has to do with uh, the neur neurons in your brain. It's like once your brain learns that this is possible, then it's able to sort of mirror that into some other skill or some other challenge. And now all mm -hmm. of a sudden you have that possibility within you and you do whatever it takes to get there because you know it's possible that feeling of <laughs> it is possible i think shifts everything right right i think what's important is the feeling that's in that it's possible because you can read books saying it's possible but yeah. unless you've actually experienced it you don't know it's true so so true so true so how mm -hmm. did you end up meeting swami vishnu devananda and how did he influence your life? So take us back to that first time. Well, I started when I was studying yoga, I was taking classes with some students of his. Okay. And then I moved back to New York and I started going to class at the Shivananda Yoga Center. And then one time they just said there was this Swami coming. I didn't even know who was or what a Swami was. Mm. But there was this person called Swamiji. He was coming. And they were going to organize a retreat so that for the whole weekend, we would do meditation and yoga. And I thought, okay, that sounds interesting. So I signed up and I met Swamiji. And um, I f when I first met him, or I, I felt as he was the most honest person I had ever met. And what he said really hit a note with me, something very deep. So um, I just wanted to study with him more. Got it. Got it. And uh, mm -hmm. you've mentioned somewhere, I think, on your website that he was known as a flying swami. Yes, he had a plane <laughs> and he used to fly uh, to different trouble spots in the world. Like he flew over the Suez Canal when it was closed and he dropped leaflets calling for peace. He flew over the Berlin Wall. He flew over Belfast when there was a lot of fighting there. And he used to say that yoga was about breaking barriers, internal barriers, but also he felt that um, world barriers, that there are certain barriers that we create that are barriers to world peace. So just like yoga is about inner peace, he said we can also use yoga for world peace. And this he Wonderful. called his mission in life, was it, to tell it. people about this. Yeah. So, so also in, in, in 2001, you took a sabbatical, right, to do some mm -hmm. personal practice in the Himalaya. So what made you take that decision, and how was your experience like? Um, well, I've been to India many times, but I had never spent like an extended period there. Mm. I'd been there for a few months or maybe I think before that the most time was six months at a time. Okay. And um, then I was working with the Shivananda organization and I decided it was time to leave. And people told me not to leave. They said, unless you live in an ashram, it's not possible to practice on your own. And I thought, if that's true, then I've wasted sort of half my life because I've been practicing so much. And if I can't practice by myself, then I, 
that's a waste of uh, my time and energy. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to just go to the Himalayas and to practice on my own for one year. And um, also because it was a um, it was a big change in my life. From the, I had lived in ashrams for almost thirty years, okay. and I just wanted to sort of take time off and practice by myself. And I found that it gave me a lot of strength, and it gave me a very different perspective. And you know, I sort of came back and started working again. Um, with that changed perspective. So what was life like in an ashram for somebody who cannot relate at this point? What, what is life like in an ashram for you? Uh, maybe uh, back in the days. And then w- how was the transition like from life in an ashram, like you mentioned, for 30 years or so, and then um, living in the Himalayas and doing your personal practice? What was that shift like? Was it difficult or how was it? Um. Yes, it was a little difficult because in an ashram, everything is, is disciplined and there's a time schedule. Yeah. You know, so I, I think different ashrams have different schedules, but the ashram I lived in, you had to, everyone had to be at meditation six in the morning. And it, you know, I mean, you could miss once a week, but otherwise you were expected to be there. And then, um, I lived in different ashrams. Some were, um, in cities where we also had that teaching schedule. So then we were bound by that teaching. But I think it was the discipline of having, having to get up at a certain time and having to meditate at a certain time and having to practice at a certain time. And I, I think it was actually an excellent experience. Mm-hmm. And, but it is difficult. I mean, I think it's like any institutional thing when you leave it. There's always a difficulty. But um, so at first it was difficult, but now I feel like, um, you know, it was quite good to be free because if you if you don't have, make your own schedule, yeah, you don't know if you're really doing it or you're just sort of, um, you know, someone is making you do it. I think it's important yeah. to know that you're doing something because you want to do it. Got it. So it feels, it seems like, you know, when you were in the ashram, you had a set routine, right? That everyone yes. followed, sort of mm-hmm. like a timetable. And sort of was, it was regimented. But then now that you went to Himalayas, you had an opportunity to really test yourself. Are you going to stick to that same routine? Are you going to be self-disciplined? Will you follow through your with your practice? So in many ways, mm-hmm. it was like, like a test. Right. It was a test. And I think it was also a time to strengthen my own practice rather than relying on the routine of the ashram. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. So so what made you come back? What made you, uh, after visiting the Himalayas and doing your personal practice, what made you end your sabbatical and come back? Well, um, I, I felt that I had karma that I still had to work out with. And I felt that my karma was really teaching. And a lot of the time I lived in the ashram, I I did administrative work. Yes. Yeah, I was I was the person in charge of the ashram, so I had to make sure that everything was running properly. But I felt that I wanted to really devote myself to teaching and writing because I felt that I had learned so much and I think a lot of the aspects of yoga, people in the West, they don't really understand it on a deep level. You know, they understand it quite superficially. So I feel as though, in a way, I'm a, I'm like a translator, you know, because I've practiced, but I've also lived in the world. So I can explain, like, a lot of the ancient teachings, but I can explain it in a way that modern people will understand. Well, that's definitely a gift, yeah. uh, for sure. And mm-hmm. as you've mentioned somewhere, that the best way to learn something is to be able to teach it, right? Because yes. uh, you can't just teach somebody. You have to be able to internalize it and also be able to articulate some of the concepts and the practices and the philosophy that you've learned. So uh, I think that's definitely a gift, which you've built over practice, right, over a period of time. And through mm-hmm. this book, uh, you, you help people detox, 
from a yogic perspective right so uh, let's right. take a few steps back and understand the challenge at hand first so what are these toxins that we're trying to detox and how do we end up attracting or collecting them in our bodies and in our energy body in the first place well i think there are all types of t- toxins i mean there are physical toxins that we get from you know the polluted air that we breathe from the um the food that's adulterated from mm-hmm. water that might not be as pure as it could be so we pick up a lot of those physical toxins but i think there are also emotional toxins um that we pick up you know just from living in the world and yeah. um you know reacting in the world like not everyone in the world is a nice person yeah and some but we have to live together so often you know we come into contact with people and we feel sort of negative energy from them so we can't let it um weaken us so that's what i i've put in my book is not only thing ways to purify physically but also how to purify emotionally and um you know how to get rid of like um toxins in in the uh, subtle body as well you know the emotional body and mental um on all levels got it so uh, on the same topic how exactly does yoga help with this multi level talk detoxing well there are a lot of um exercises in yoga that people don't know about that are called the kriyas mm-hmm. and I know a lot of times when people hear about them they they tend to um I know be be a bit repelled by them. Mm. You know things like um using salt water to clean out the the nasal passages which I think is it's really one of the simplest things you can do and I think anyone who lives in a modern city where the air is polluted I don't know how you cannot do it every day. and still breathe properly. So um I wanted to tell people about these yoga exercises that um they're really quite simple. But I think people have built up like a big um negative thing about them. Right. Um, right mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that you're dispelling uh the negativity or the perception that people have created over the years. Mm-hmm. uh maybe because of lack of awareness as well but for people who want to learn more what exactly are kriyas and how do they help in all of this well kriyas are cleansing exercises the word okay. kriya actually just means um action but they they usually used to be to refer to cleansing actions and in um the texts on yoga they they talk mainly about six kriyas okay um and their kriyas cleansing exercises for cleaning the nasal passages for cleaning the upper digestive tract which is the di- the stomach and the esophagus and the mouth for cleaning the middle um digestive tract the the intestine for cleaning the lower tract digestive tract which is the uh, large intestine and the colon for um cleaning the eyes and um cleaning the respiratory system you know and i think that one for cleaning the respiratory system is the one that's probably best known which is called kapalabhati um it's a word that it translates into shining skull and the idea is that if you did it regularly you would be co- you would become so purified your face would start to shine mm-hmm. and people do it as part of uh yoga breathing exercises right but technically it's not a breathing ex- it's not a pranayama like usually we call yoga breathing as we refer to them as pranayama mm-hmm. but technically kapalabhati is actually a kriya a cleansing exercise so I think it's an important one and I think if you're going to be getting into yoga breathing mm-hmm. it's an important one to start with. 
So action drive, the question really is, is do you want to have a glowing, shining face? Do you want to be able to mm -hmm. clean your digestive system, open up your respiratory system, clean up the eyes, and really have these simple, simple tools that you can use on a daily basis to mm -hmm. be able to balance your life, especially if you're living in a modern city, which most of mm -hmm. you are. So that's exactly the theme that we're talking about today. So, uh, Swami, could you maybe describe um, some of these careers and how they help restore balance, just for an overview of uh, those who are new to careers? Uh -huh. um, well, I've already mentioned one called Neti. Neti is the nasal cleansing. Okay. And I think it's it's quite a simple thing to do because you just get a a pot called a neti pot, which is now available in most health food stores. It's available online. Even a lot of pharmacies sell them now. And you just put about half a teaspoon of sea salt and some water in, and you insert it into you stand over a sink, and you just put the neti pot into the stem of the neti pot into one nostril and then let gravity run the water through the, the nasal passages. So you don't inhale it. Mm -hmm. You just let gravity um, make the water flow to cleanse the, cleanse the nasal passages. And then you would blow out the water afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I think if you live in a modern city, which they're all polluted nowadays, yeah. You know, um, actually, you don't really want to look at what comes out, but of course you can't help it. And sometimes <laughs> it's quite shocking what comes yeah. out. Mm -hmm. um, I think especially if you live in a city, like I lived in New York, and in the summertime, um, when the, the air was extra polluted, it would, the water would just be black as it came out. Right. So you would do that, and then you would do um, Kapalabhati, which is the, um, it's like a pumping breath, mm -hmm. you know, to clean the, um, to get the pollution out of the lungs and out of the nasal passages as well. So you would do first Neti, and then you would do Kapalabhati. And I think those are things that people, even if they don't do yoga on a regular basis, I think it's important to do these two exercises daily. Um, mm. Absolutely. I mean, thanks for thanks for sharing that. And I think, you know, being a conscious being in today's age or being an aware person can sometimes be overwhelming, right? It, it can sometimes be difficult because you, you start to realize that whether you're looking at the water that you're getting or the food that you purchase from the grocery store, or the air that you breathe, or even the uh, radiations that are being emitted by the devices, mm -hmm. your phones, your microwave, everything right. affects you and your energetic body uh, in ways that is uh, difficult to explain. Mm -hmm. uh, and now you have these simple tools that you're sharing that can improve the balance, that can uh, detox us. So that's that's really powerful. Right, right. Yeah, if you're talking about radiation, I actually have part of the book that talks about what type of plants you can use in your home mm. to um, avoid the radiation from different, uh, from computers, from cell phones, from microwaves. And this is not, um, it's not something that's very esoteric. It's something that's very simple. And actually the main study on this was done by NASA, by the Space Agency. Yeah. So it's not, um, you know, like, sometimes people think, oh, this is not exactly scientific, but mm -hmm. how can you be more scientific than NASA? Oh, you know, that is they actually, definitely something. <laughs> yeah. They actually did studies to find out which plants would counteract the radiation best of all. So I'm sure that most of the people, in fact, all the people are prepping up their ears to their earphone or their headphone to sort uh -huh. of learn more about what these plants are. Could you give us uh, an idea of, um, let's say, for example, we're talking about emissions from a phone or something similar to that. What what plant should a person be growing at their home? Uh -huh. Well, 
Plants that tend to be spiky are the best. Okay. So spiky like uh, cactuses are spiky or mm. um, uh, spider plants are spiky. So these two plants are really the best. You know, you can have them next to your computer. You can have them in, um, you know, just around the house, and they help you to counteract the, the. It's actually the uh, the positive ions are the one that's are not good for you. Mm. You know, I, I did not know about uh, the fact that the, having a cacti or cactus at your home can be beneficial. Cactus, mm -hmm. and you said spider plant. Is that what you said? Yes, spider plant. Got it. Well, well, thanks a lot for sharing that. Now, we've been speaking about uh, the fact that these kriyas are not that difficult to master. They're very simple. Mm -hmm. And these are essentially tool sets that one can use in day-to-day -day life. But you've been doing yoga for a long time right now, right? Mm -hmm. So in your experience, what has been the most difficult technique or skill to master? Or has uh, there been something like that? <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of things that are... Um... Uh, difficult. I, for, personally, for me, I have trouble bending backwards. Mm. Um, you know, I, I find that some people can bend forward, some people can bend backwards. Yeah. Um, and I think keeping it up—that's that's the hardest thing. But I think that um, people say they don't have time to do yoga, or mm. they don't have time to do meditation, or even kriyas. Pe some people claim they don't have time. So I think you just have to schedule it into your life. You know, just like you, if you have an appointment with someone, you, you schedule it in. So if you want to do yoga, you just make a time for it. If you say to yourself, I'll try to do it every day. I think the problem is the word try. You have to mm -hmm. say, I will do it at seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the evening, whenever it is, but you make a time for it. Or you can say, I, I will do it first thing in the morning when I wake up. So once you make a time for it, um, you find that it just becomes part of your routine. And I think it's important for people to make their own routines. You know, because people have different things happening in their lives. You know, some people um, work shifts. Some people work at night. Some people have families. So there are a lot of different circumstances in your life. So I think it's important to look at what you need to do in your life and to find when you can do it and then schedule it in just like you would anything else. So that's what I do. You know, I have a different schedule because I, I teach and I write in different places. Mm -hmm. So I always look at when I have to be there and then I give myself a certain amount of time in the morning so that I can make sure that I get it all done. Got it, got it. Now, uh, you know, what you're sharing are principles that mm -hmm. are simple but yet so powerful and it's easy to forget. You know, right. we tend to read them sometimes, but then life happens, right? And mm -hmm. uh, we forget to execute these simple things. And I myself, um, you know, uh, need to master so many of these uh, things that you're sharing is to be able to just schedule it because what's mm -hmm. scheduled, what is scheduled gets done, right? That's what Tony Robbins says. Right. Gets, what gets scheduled get, gets done. And you've alluded to the fact that, and you've just mentioned that you, that you travel a lot, right? You travel mm -hmm. Uh, to India, you travel to the United States, and you're based currently in uh, in, in UK. Uh, yes. So so since you're a frequent flyer, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. and I get this question a lot from my listeners, how do you go about rebalancing and realigning yourself, especially after a long flight, if you've crossed different time zones? So there's multiple things at play, right? You have the magnetism, and you've got the fact that uh, maybe your body has uh, absorbed these toxins, maybe from sitting close to other people, and, and mm -hmm. things like that. So how do you how do you go about rebalancing and realigning yourself? Well, I think drinking a lot of water is very important. Um, so I try and drink as much water as possible. 
And I try, when I fly someplace, I try not to fall asleep immediately. I try okay. to make sure that I get myself on the local schedule as quickly as possible. And whenever I'm scheduling a trip, I always take that into effect, into account. So for instance, I, I don't schedule flights at, um, you know, say seven in the morning because then I would have to be at the airport at five in the morning. Uh, so I, I always try and make sure that I'm flying at a time where I leave at a, a reasonable time and I also arrive at a reasonable time. So if there are several flights a day, I always look at which sort of fit in the best. And I try not to do overnight flights because they completely knock you off schedule. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. So Especially was, when I'm traveling to India, uh-huh. it's it's a long flight, right? Right. You're crossing multiple time zones and, and uh-huh. you have to stop over, you got to lay over, and that becomes really challenging sometimes. But then you um, you get used to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So so Swami, based on the amazing uh, and enjoyable conversation that we're having right now, what is it one action step that you'd like to recommend for someone listening to our show right now? Um, well, recently I've gotten, I've started to do a thing called skin brushing Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've heard of it, but you get a, a, a stiff brush and you, uh, you just brush your skin morning and evening. And I find that that it's more effective than just about anything else. So it's, yeah, um, you always brush towards the heart. Okay. And I think as you get older and your circulation gets um, degenerates a bit, I think it, it's very important. So I've described it in my book. And I, if I had one thing to recommend, well, two things, I would recommend everyone does neti and everyone does skin brushing. I think these so, are the two very important things to do. So there you go, Action Drive. To read the entire show notes for today's episode, including the inspirational quote, the book recommendations, uh, other things that have been shared, uh, links that we spoke about, and certain nuggets of wisdom that you haven't been able to capture right away, go to our show notes page on my 7 forward slash 258. That's my 7 chakra, 7 is a word, my 7 forward slash 258. Action Tribe, the holiday season is here, which means lots of food, family members, and lots of travel. And this year, I'm going to be spending my Christmas with my sister in Pullman, Washington. And I'm excited about this trip because I'm carrying this amazing carry-on suitcase by Away, a company that creates thoughtful standards for modern travel, and they have an amazing range of products. Now, my bus journey will take 12 hours from Vancouver, a long journey, but I'm not too worried about my cell phone going dead while traveling because this suitcase charges my phone. And you can charge your phone up to five times from the optional TSA compliant ejectable battery in their carry-on. So you'll be able to check uh, your maps, email or Slack. Now their suitcases, especially my grey carry-on, is beautifully made including the interiors and is ultra durable. You also get a removable washable laundry bag so you can separate the clean from the dirty. And the suitcases are made from lightweight, durable German polycarbonate or aluminum alloy with a TSA approved combination lock. Their interior compression system is smartly designed to let you pack more and they've got four 360-degree premium spinner wheels that guarantee a smooth ride every time. Now, for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com forward slash action tribe and use promo code action tribe during checkout because this season, everyone wants to get away. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com forward slash action tribe and use promo code action tribe during checkout. Action Tribe, if you've been planning to gift your family member something unique and special, then you got to check this out. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com forward slash Action Tribe and use promo code Action Tribe during checkout. In times of adversity and change, we really discover who we are and what we are made of. Now, this is an amazing quote by Howard Schultz. 
as the former CEO of Starbucks. Action Tribe, this is so true. And I really mean it. You might study about challenges all you like, but the real test is when you find yourself in the middle of a storm and these adversities come out of nowhere, usually without warning or notice. And in these moments, we are faced with tough choices to take a stand for what we truly believe in. And these moments I'm finding shape our character and actually make us stronger individuals. Because like Wayne Dyer said, that there's a time for everything, right? There's a time for your downs and there's a time for your ups. There's a time for stress, worry and struggle. And there's also a time for elation and true happiness. No, no matter what situation you're finding yourself in right now, always remember that you are continuously in the process of discovering who you truly are and what you are made of. So Swami is speaking about facing our fears and conquering our life challenges. Talk to us about a major life challenge that you once experienced and uh, what was the story like and then how did you overcome that situation? Well, I think I already mentioned about um, the polio. I think that was really my major challenge in life. And it was a challenge that I faced all through my childhood and teenage years. Um, until I found yoga. So I, I would say that's how I overcame it, is by practicing yoga and by being really um, regular in my practice. Got it. And so mm -hmm. based on what you've shared, based on your story, what is that one life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, well, I, this is a little off the topic, but I think... A lot of people are afraid to speak in public or a lot of people are afraid to sing in public. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that if you just do it, you find that there's really nothing to be afraid of. Um, so I have the wor probably one of the world's worst voices, but I just sing sometimes. And there's nothing that um, it doesn't create any kind of negativity because people don't hate you for it. So I think it's important to face things that you're afraid of and to just do them. And you find that they're not really so difficult anyway. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. Um, like you mentioned, when you were a child, you had polio. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that was a very, very difficult experience. I would not be able to relate to it because I've not gone through it. But I'm sure that it's a difficult experience. And I'm sure many of our listeners, all of us, have some sort of a challenge, whether it's mental, emotional, relationships challenge, or financial challenge, right, that we're going through right now at this moment. And what you empowered us to do is to uh, firstly resort to ancient wisdom, like in your case, it was yoga, and find mm -hmm. a practice that really works for you, something that you can do on a daily basis or whenever you have the time and incorporate that into a routine. Because without a doubt, if somebody has experienced a transformation, then so can you. And on top of that, what you also shared is that it's important for us to, as individuals, as human beings, as people who are trying to overcome our challenges and, 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 and maybe manifest our vision to take small steps doing something that we are not comfortable with or doing something that we maybe fear at this point, maybe like public speaking, expressing our voice um, and even singing. Mm -hmm. Because what that does is that it gets you closer and closer and closer to your true purpose. And also, uh, Swami, what I've heard is in a previous conversation, when you're singing, and when you're speaking in public, your aura expands, right? It's like uh -huh. it becomes huge. It's like it, it absorbs the, <laughs> I guess, the surroundings around you. And when they did, I think they did a study or research uh, on a opera singer uh -huh. uh, who was singing from stage. Her aura was really encapsulating the entire audience and together they were one. Mm-hmm. So that that that's something that came to my mind is how mm -hmm. does, you know, expressing your voice and singing, how does that relate energetically? Um, but, yeah, thanks a lot for sharing. <laughs> uh -huh. All right. Um, so there's just one more thing I wanted to mention, and that was yeah. um, I wanted to mention my website. Yes, absolutely. That... We can share your website right now and because we're not okay. – quite complete oh, okay uh, sorry uh -huh. uh, but but please uh, let our listeners know how they can find you and we can do it again at the end 
Uh -huh. Okay, so the website is yogamentor.yoga. Yogamentor.yoga Action Tribe. And also I have created a special link in case you want to get Swami's amazing book. You got to go to my7chakras.com forward slash 258 book. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 258 book. And you'll be taken to Amazon straight away and you can purchase her amazing book. Now, Action Tribe, I hope you've learned a thing or two from today's session. And although we're not quite done yet, we still have the last round, which is the wisdom round to go. Uh, but here's what I have to say to you. When you're working towards your vision, don't forget to remove the subconscious blocks that are holding you back from where you want to go. You see, when we experience something, whether as a child at work, at home, or, or somewhere outside, we might forget about the incident, but the subconscious mind always remembers what we have felt about it or how we have felt about it. And that memory usually becomes a block that keeps us back from our ideal relationships, financial abundance, or even health and vitality. So what needs to be done? We need to assess our life experience and let go of memories that are no longer serving us or even better, change the story that we're telling ourselves about what happened on that particular day. Or even better, you know, do some of the Kriya Yoga, some of the Kriyas that... Uh, uh, Swami is teaching us about because a combination of the physical practice and also inner work can lead to that energetic shift which will make all the difference because like Lao Tzu the ancient Chinese philosopher once so wisely said by letting go it all gets done the world is won by those who let go but when you try and try and try the world is beyond winning so let that sink in for a moment and with that, we arrive at the wisdom round, which is the last round for today. So, Swami, are you ready? Yes, I am. Great. So, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Uh -huh. Well, one time I was going through a difficult period where... Um, people were trying to actually say not very nice things about me. And someone said to me, just don't worry about what they're saying because that doesn't change who you are. So, and then I realized that's true. So what I am and what I've done is I know who I am and that's the most important thing. So thanks a lot for sharing. And here at My 7 Chakras, we want to change the way we look and relate to a mistake. So mm -hmm. if you had to share, what is the most important mistake that you've made in your life and what did you learn from it? Um, I really don't know. Um, I think um, maybe it's singing in public. Mm -hmm. because I have a very bad voice. And the first time I ever sang in public, someone came up to me afterwards and he said to me, you know, you're really brave because when you first started singing, I thought, she's joking. No mm -hmm. one could have such a bad voice. But then you just kept singing. So um, I realized that there are no mistakes in life. That uh, we... You know, we learn from everything. So what is that one thing you do in the morning or in the evening before sleeping that has improved the quality of your life? Um, well, this I already mentioned. These are the Kriyas that I do. And I spend um, a few minutes every morning. I do oil pulling. I do neti. And I do skin brushing. And I think these are all very important things. And I know sometimes people say they don't have time, but it's less than 10 minutes. And I think it can, it will completely change your health if you, if you do them regularly. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners today, what would that be? Uh -huh. um, well, there's a book called Yoga and Ayurveda by Dr. David Frawley. And I think it talks about a lot of aspects of yoga that um, maybe people don't know know about or they're a bit confused about, they've heard about, they don't exactly know what it means and how it relates to Ayurveda, which is the the healing modality of India. 
So the name of the book is Yoga and Ayurveda, correct? Yes, and the author is Dr. David Frawley. So Action Tribe, I know how much you love the books that have been shared on the show. And in case you want to listen to this book right away and get it for free, then you can because audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, right? Which means that instead of reading a book conventionally, you can listen to the entire book. And you'll have to check if this particular book is available on Audible, but I think it is. The name of the book is Yoga and Ayurveda by Dr. David Frawley. He's an amazing person. Not had him on the show yet, but maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. But to get that book, all you need to do is go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash free book to download your audiobook and start listening. <laughs> so Swami, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a really real pleasure to uh, interact with you and learn from you and uh, to share with the audience. Hey, thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. And before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and how we can find you online. Um, well, I think I'm just grateful to be alive. And um, I'm grateful to have an inquiring mind. And I'm grateful for all the challenges I've had in life. And you can contact me on yogamentor.yoga. That's my website. So there you go, Action Tribe, yogamentor.yoga to learn more about uh, Swami and the work that she does and the service that she uh, puts in to go straight to Amazon and pick up Swami's latest book. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash 258 book. Once again, on your browser, key in www.my7chakras.com forward slash 258 book and you'll be taken straight to the Amazon page where you can order her amazing book, The Cleansing Power of Yoga. So Swami, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the cleansing power of yoga, your trips to India, and the importance of having a routine that is for you, a personal routine, and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Okay, thank you. And thank you for inviting me. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.